I love comics, but I've seen a lot of hesitation about them. I know there is more to comic books than what meets the eye, and I want to learn about and share all this medium has to offer. That's why I decided to get a group of friends who don't share my taste or opinions to help me experience it all. Together, we want to share what we find with every type of reader out there. So, listen up, nerds and future nerds. It's time for the VF Comics Podcast. Welcome back to the VF Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus, and this week with me, I have again, Megan. Hey. And James. Hello. Beta Ray James. I'm going to get a shirt made with James' head on Beta Ray Bill's body. Oh, we can make that happen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anyways, so this week we've got some stuff going on. We are going to have an author spotlight on Dina Muhammad. We're going to discuss a new Witcher graphic novel coming out. There is some issues going on over... Not an issue. I'm sorry. There is a Google employee we're going to talk about who's using comics to bring out issues. We are going to discuss a little bit of the Will Eisner Comic Book Industry Award winners, followed and finished by a recommendation this week by your favorite... No, not Megan. Marcus... (laughs) Black Science by Rick Remender. So we're going to get this started. And this week, I've got to really applaud Megan. She has taken care of a lot of the grunt work this week because I started getting stuff put on on a YouTube site and getting a website built. And it was my birthday week. So I was super busy and lazy at the same time. (laughs) And Megan really showed up. And I appreciate her for that. So Megan is going to lead our first several pieces of news. Megan, why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about Dina Muhammad? Okay, Marcus. And by the way, he is not actually happy about me. He's just shamelessly plugging our new website that we have up and running. www.vfcomicspodcast.com. <laughs> no, but thank you for real and happy birthday. Um yeah. You can't now you can't use uh your birthday week against us. Oh shit. You can't get whatever you want now, so enjoy. It's over. This is it. This is the last thing. Okay, so yeah, so this is the last um, episode of the VF Comics podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is it. <laughs> we did it for your birthday, Marcus. Enjoy. <laughs> no more. Yeah. So Dina Muhammad is a twenty-six year old and that just That's so young. Okay. She's a 26-year-old Egyptian graphic novelist who is currently an artist in residence at the Arab American National Museum in Dearborn, Michigan for the month. Um, So she lives in Cairo, and uh, a lot of her work does take place in Cairo. And she tackles a lot of sociopolitical issues prevalent in both Egypt and worldwide. One of her earliest works is actually a webcomic. It's entitled Kahara. 
And she began publishing it on Webtoons when she was just 18 years old. And I think it finished up a couple years ago. So she had it going for a while. And the series is about an Egyptian Muslim superheroine who uses her super hearing and just, uh, you know, her general badassness to fight social issues such as misogyny and Islamophobia. And it actually won the best digital comic series at the Cairo Comics Festival in 2015. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, she right now is working on translating her graphic novel trilogy, Shabik Libik, from Arabic to English. And uh, this graphic, it's actually a trilogy, and it's set in Cairo. um, And it's about a world where you can actually purchase wishes, like in tiered classes. And the higher the tier of the wish, obviously the more money it costs, uh, the more powerful the magic of the wish. And so each volume follows a different character uh, and a different wish and how that wish impacts their lives. And um, I think from what I read, I haven't actually, I looked at some of her um, web comic, by the way, it's great. Uh, but I haven't read any of this because it's actually not, it's currently being translated. So none of them have actually been translated in English yet. Um, the translations uh, should be done by this spring. She should have them published and the publisher is um, Pantheon Books. But um, that's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask if the, all of them were written in Arabic and if they had yeah. been translated yet. Well, and, okay. and she's the one translating them, which is, you know, novel um in the yeah. world of translating for sure so i i think that's going to make these really unique i mean obviously being able to read it in its original language would is you know the preferable way to read it if you know the language but she's translating it um to broaden her audience which was great and so she talked about in an article i read that uh she feels like this is really important because some of the some of the jokes you know and like just certain things she says that uh, only an audience who speaks, you know, Arabic would know. (laughs) And so she is excited to be able to have the opportunity to translate her work, how she wants it. So if she wants to take the extra time to explain that joke or to change it entirely, she can because it's her work and it's not just getting like lost in translation. And that's why a lot of the times it's not called just a translation. You have what are called localization teams and they'll usually craft a new joke or that's sometimes when you get really awkward things. Like I know one of the most classic examples of poor localization is on a video game and it's all your base are belong to us. Oh, good. (laughs) And so sometimes even localizers don't quite get it or they miss it entirely because while they may speak the language, they may not understand the nuances uh, Mm -hmm. and the culture behind those jokes. So yeah, with her doing it that way and being multilingual, I (sighs) think that she, yeah, she, I mean, the creator is the best person to Mm -hmm. cover something like that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. So her stuff looks awesome. And if you want to check it out, um, you definitely should. Again, uh, spring 2020 is when that series is coming out. And uh, you say spring Kahara, 2020? You can... Oh my god. You have to go back in time for it. Spring 2022. <laughs> like they've been out for a year and a half. Which is what my notes say. I just can't read. Uh, but yeah, her other uh, her Webtoon series is still on, uh, on, on Webtoons if you want to check that out. Uh, and so... 
another thing we're going to be talking about there. If any of you are Witcher fans, it was announced at WitcherCon earlier this month that a new Witchel, yes, Witchel, a new Witcher graphic novel series from Dark Horse um, is going to be coming out soon. So that's really exciting. I'm stoked about that. Uh, starting with The Witcher, A Grain of Truth, these graphics are going to be adaptations from the short stories by Witcher author Andre Sapkowski. And I'm really, I did look up a pronunciation for that, so I think that's right. Uh, script adaptation, great. thank you very much. Script adaptation is going to be by writers Travis Kurt and I, I don't, ja- uh, Jacek Rimbus? Or yes. Rimbe? Jay, yeah, and I actually looked for a pronunciation for him, and I couldn't find one, which was disappointing, um, but that's okay. With art by Jonas Scharf. And so we can hope to see these by as early as spring 2020. There's a lot happening. No, spring 2022. Oh, my God. What is wrong with me? Yeah, They're the potential, potential post-pandemic in spring 2022. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. So uh, you're just thinking about non-pandemic times, and the yeah. last time spring 2020 was the last time we weren't. That, all you're shut not down. wrong. So, do you by any chance happen to know uh, from which short story collection these adaptations are coming from? Oh gosh, I don't. I I don't think that the article I was looking at told me. That's okay, and they may just be not. They may not have announced it. Yeah, uh, quite but anyway. Yet. But um, the I, first one I mean, is from a grain of truth. Is the first short story. Okay. But um, also, side note, if uh, you guys are fans of the Netflix series The Witcher, season two is coming out this December. I don't know if anyone knew that or if y'all knew that yet. So I'm very excited about that. I'm also very excited to see more of. It's been two years. Henry Cavill get to be treated correctly. (laughs) Google cartoonist Manu Cornette has uh, left Google after working there 14 years. And uh, if anyone knows his name... Uh, you probably know him for his series of web comics. Uh, nope, they're not web comics. You probably know him from his series of comics that he released while working at Google um, that were about the company. And um, this kind of gained him some notoriety on the internet. And um, so the, the series of comics that he um, that he released now publish as a collection of works entitled Goomix. Um <laughs> I think that might be a terrible name. I get where he's coming from. I know. I actually like, like I, for some reason I kept wanting to pronounce it. Like, I don't know. Literally anything other than Goomix because like Gomix or something, but I think Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be Goomix because of Google. But yeah, that's not the best name in the world. That's fine. Um, So he finally left his job after 14 years of working with the company. And um, he left just here pretty recently and so some of his work is coming back to the surface and is circulating a bit. So I just wanted to talk about him for a minute. So while he was working for Google, um, he published a lot of Google-related comics on the company's memes message board, which apparently they had because they're Google. So that makes sense. Um, and a lot of these did end up going viral. And they, they sort of started out just as playful, kind of poking fun at Google and a lot of the Silicon Valley culture but eventually, Cornette began to publish comics um, more as a commentary and about how he felt uh, about some of the decisions made by Google that he felt were sort of unethical and uh, decisions that eventually led to him leaving the company. Uh, he was actually quoted as saying the mismatch between what they say and what they really do is growing. The thicker the gap is, the easier it is to point out that hypocrisy. Um, 
so over the years, he reached about 14,000 subscribers. And um, I know that a lot of his work was actually popular among, you know, Google employees, because obviously that makes sense. Everyone loves to poke fun at their job. But um, except us, if except any of our bosses us. are listening. Yeah, no, we love our job. I do love I do love my job. We're not going to we're not going to get to that. Um, <laughs> but uh, so if anyone wants to take a look at these, they do start out pretty hilarious and some of them get super serious. And uh, so Cornette actually said that the comics uh, as a whole sort of tell the story of a tech company's evolution from a colorful, no evil company to a company just like the other ones. <laughs> And I thought that was uber depressing. Um, but if you guys are interested in looking at some of his work, uh, we're going to have the link to the archive to Gumix in the show notes. He also has them published uh, in a couple of volumes. Gumix, Every time I know. You say it's, I'm it's, just like, it's, yeah, it's I actually mean, just gumix.net. So that's not that hard to remember if you want to look that up. Well, what I was going to say is that, and James can probably speak to this better than us because I've never run my own business, but, you know, one of those complicated things about him seeing Google do more and more things that he found unethical, I'm definitely not justifying it, but trying to run (laughs) a ethical, no evil company can be really, really difficult when a lot of your competition isn't necessarily doing the same thing Mm -hmm. and you know again i don't i don't know if any any of james's local competitors are doing anything like that but i know that we've talked previously about some shops have already sold off free comic book day issues and are just hoping to not get caught i mean james have you seen a lot of this i don't even know if they if there'd be any consequence for them to get caught, not sure, but, uh, um, yeah, it's been happening. Um, you know, we have people calling all the time, you know, wanting to get theirs reserved. Uh, <laughs> it, you have to get to a point where it's like, this is free comic book day. We want to get these out to people who, you know, don't usually come into comic book shops. I mean, this one is kind of specific and (laughs) not really, uh, you know, new reader friendly or anything, but it, it's just the the principle of it, I guess. (laughs) And, uh, you know, yeah, there are a lot of people out there doing that kind of shady stuff. And I know that you guys have constantly found yourselves in positions where there's something that you've even wanted to keep, but I mean, there's some, you know, weird gray area there where it's like, yeah, technically you can keep that for yourself, but the right thing to do is to sell it to somebody coming in. And it's just, but when your competition's kind of doing these other things to like hold off, you know, I know like, especially, you know, you've had some bad idea retailers that have gotten kicked off because they've unethically, they've broken the rules of bad idea and sold books for more than their, yeah retail price in the first 30 days. Yeah. It's just got to be frustrating sometimes. What can you do? Well, I know a guy to take care of people like that. If you ever need me to do something. (laughs) Oh God. It's Manu Cornette. um, He will write about it. (laughs) Yeah. He'll, it's a, it's a newspaper writer. Yeah. Definitely not a contract killer. Hey, do you guys want to know what he does now? He left Google. 
Oh yeah, the uh-huh. guy. Yeah, I was gonna say like, I was like, oh, do you know my contract? I mean, my uh, yeah, my yeah, newspaper yeah. writer. Um, what does he? What does the Google guy do now? <laughs> he works at Twitter now. <laughs> oh, he works at Twitter. Oh. So I, I know, I know, I know. I feel like that's not gonna be any better. They ask if he uh, would continue his thing work. Is is Twitter as a company, mm-hmm. it, Twitter itself as in as a social media entity, like as you know, from the user perspective is toxic, but is the mm, workplace yeah. really as toxic as probably a major tech company like Google? Yeah, you know, and that's what he said. He said that he, well, and I don't know how he could know this because he, has, he just now started working for them, but he said he felt that they were a more ethical company. <laughs> but again, you... <laughs> Yeah, you got to work for them for a while probably is, to know if that. If he's with Google for the last 14 years, he's probably making good money. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. making really good money does not equate to ethical living, uh, turns yeah. out. Well, we'll see if he starts writing some, uh, what would the what would the Twitter comics be called? Twimix. Twimix. It's better than Goomix. Twix. Twix. Yeah. We got your name for you. You can buy all those left Twix so he can just name his right Twix. Oh my God. Oh, uh, hey, it was not. Speaking of Twitter, uh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Why are you laughing? Go go, move on with your news. Did you want me to laugh at you for your joke? I did. I'm sorry. We can edit it in if you want. No, it's done now. Okay. Um, speaking of Twitter, we have a Twitter account now, guys. Oh, we do. Uh, we do. We do. It is at VF Comics Podcast. So another shameless plug for the fine folks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you forget so, we had a Twitter? I I just I don't do you don't a lot even of Twitter. Follow it. So yeah, yeah I need to. It. I need to keep it up. I should. <laughs> I know our followers. Fire us all from, she's going to fire yeah, us all for a Mallory's comics following. and run it herself. Yeah, it's yes. Um, I will definitely get following it. Um, yeah, it. it's the same do it, do it. as our Instagram mm-hmm. and our Facebook mm-hmm. and our website. Which we so have, yeah. if you just go into your address bar and type in VF Comics Podcast, you'll get one of those things for sure. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I was really excited. A friend of mine... Um, about our name when it's over last night for the party his name is jeff and he's awesome and handsome there and two cool. jeffs or there were two something else mm, maybe there were well it wasn't two jeffs mm. um but uh two toms two toms anyways uh but jeff was like oh yeah let me look that up and all he typed in was VF, and we were the first thing that was coming Oh, my up. God, really? So if anyone ever accidentally is spelling the word very <gasps> and accidentally types VF <laughs> instead of VE, we're going to be yes. what comes up. Oh, that's awesome. So Yay. Thanks, Jeff. Yay. Shout so out to Jeff. Typo, yeah, hopefully typos will continue to happen, and people will stumble yes. on us. And a percentage of those people will say, yeah, it's okay, and subscribe. Um. So, Megan, thank you for all that news. I only brought one piece of news this week because I thought it was really important. This past weekend at uh, the San Diego Comic-Con at Home event, Phil Lamar, who is a prominent voice actor, uh, personally, I love his Green Lantern, John Stewart, and his Hermes from Futurama. Um, he was also on Mad TV. Uh, I met him once. Super cool dude. Oh, cool. Um, but he hosted the Will Eisner Comic Book Industry Awards. And I know that when we first started the podcast uh, just a couple months ago, one of our first episodes was talking about 
a lot of the nominees for this. And I suggested that this is a great list of books for those who want to start out. And what I had written down here was, you know, if you have a bias that comics can't be high art, they're not capable of complex storytelling, or you just want a place to start, this list of books is a great place to find something to read. And they cover lots of different things. It's not all superhero. There's lots of different, there's short stories, best single issues. That's just a standalone issue. Best ongoing continuing series, limited series, which means something that's, you know, maybe a six issue or 12 issue run. Um, They've got things for early readers, kids, teens, best humor, best anthology, best reality based work. And remember, we talked about the nominees, Megan, that they added best graphic memoir this year. Yeah. Um, Best graphic album. Um, best U.S. edition of international material, best archival collection project for strips, uh, best writer, best writer artist, best penciler inker or penciler inker team, best cover artist, best coloring, best lettering. There's so many different things that can help you find a very, very good start. I do want to point out that my boy, James Tenyon the fourth who is writing some of my favorite series right now, like Something is Killing the Children that we've talked about, won several awards last night because he's killing it. And I know he won a couple for DC, I believe. Yeah, he did. It's on our Twitter page. So, excellent. So... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so mean. Uh, I'm um, going to get kicked off. So click on that link, check out those winners, find something really, really cool to read. Uh, James, did you happen to be able to have time to catch anything this weekend? I know you work a lot more than the rest of us. About the Eisners? Uh, the Eisners or just Comic-Con in general? Um, well, the Eisners were interesting this year. You know, a lot of times there's kind of an argument that uh, the Eisners at times can seem irrelevant to what's going on. Uh with the mainstream comic book industry, but uh, I've always argued against that. But um, either way, they they had some big books uh, to win. I was uh, particularly uh, glad to, to see Black Widow on there as best new yes. series. Uh, that that is a really great book right now. Uh, doing very well. Uh, think that uh, you know James James Tiny and being uh, winning best writer makes sense probably most prolific <laughs> um, mm-hmm. he's, he's got a little bit of everything everywhere yeah I saw that he had like a kids graphic he had a kids series going on adult <laughs> series where he has a lot of very different pots right now yeah it's it's uh, really impressive what what he's been doing here over the last few years. Um, I think that that was, those were really the observations I had coming from the Eisners. Uh, you know, these, uh, these awards ceremonies can be kind of dry and everything, but uh, it was cool. Yeah. And James, is there a way for, especially anything that's series, um, is there a way for people to contact you to buy these things from you so they can get started from your shop? Yeah, they can call us and we can check. What's that phone number? 
Do you want to put that online like this? I don't remember it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, <laughs> okay. Well, tell you what, everybody, if you, we will post up a link uh, to their, uh, to a Google site for them of how to contact them both by phone and how to find them on Google. Uh, Retrograde Comics, it is in the heart of Little Rock, Arkansas. Our Facebook page uh, is, is probably the most uh, yes. put together place right now. Yeah. Retrograde, R-E-T-R-O-G-R-A-D-E. Did I spell that correctly? Yes. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. I, I, you know. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I'm just saying I never want, I never want a spelling bee. Leave me alone. It's 501-293-0841. And producer Mallory strikes again with the phone number to contact you. So hopefully we can find a bunch of those and, um, you know, I know that those are technically like the year 2020 series. So a lot of those, if you're picking up something as a part of a series, may be found easily in a graphic novel format collected. So make sure to look into that. All right. And so the last thing we're going to do this week is I have a recommendation for the week. And it's something that's been sitting on my mind for a little bit. And I'm going back and rereading it right now. And that is Black Science by Rick Remender, Matteo Scalera, and Dean White. So I want to, I'm going to read what did I end up, I'm going to read what I ended up writing because I want to make sure I say this correctly. So this will probably sound weird in my pacing, but I have weird pacing anyway. Yeah, your face is weird. Isn't that what you said? My what? Your face. It's pretty weird. Your face. I'm sorry. Please edit all of that out. No, that was actually funny, especially with him not realizing what what you're talking about. You guys are so mean to me. But you're doing me such a big favor that I'm going to let it slide. I know. It's my favorite. (laughs) You're allowed to be mean to me right now until I can pay you. Uh, No. (laughs) Anyways, so a couple of weeks ago, Loki completed its journey and introduced, I feel, general audiences to the multiverse and concepts that can often elude people in popular fiction or common fiction. Um, That isn't to say that you haven't seen stuff about time travel and multiverse before, but in like, I think an easy popular to digest way, I think Loki was a really great show for getting people who aren't used to reading about these crazy sci-fi fantasy aspects to start looking into them. And so after Loki finished, I have had several people ask me, um, you know, about the multiverse, what they, what I think is going to happen and then what to read for Marvel that would help them make sense of the multiverse. So the quick answer to what to read is probably don't Uh, typical multiversal crossovers can be deep, massive and just interconnected to various other characters, individual stories, and it gets really weird and difficult to understand. Think of it like in Star Trek and Star Wars, they make lots of science fiction language to make things make sense. Think that times a thousand is some of the language they end up using in multiverse massive crossovers. Um, It could be fun to read for sure, but sometimes it can be very, very dense and not understandable. Um, so when I, so the reason I chose black science, the reason I'm talking about that, and the reason I chose black science 
is I've got several volumes already and it is a great book for exploring the sort of like, you know, alternate timelines, multiverse idea. One, because as far as I know, there's not any other side series to it. It's a singular ongoing series. And while usually during this section, we just talk about an isolated one collected graphic novel, this is ongoing. So, but you can pick up the first six issues in volume one, how to fall forever And um, I'll read the synopsis so you can understand how it might relate to Loki and a little bit of quantum leap, in my opinion. Um, So anarchist scientist Grant McKay has done the impossible. Using the pillar, he has punched a hole to the barriers between dimensions, allowing travel to all possible universes. But now Grant and his team are trapped in the folds of infinity, the pillar sending them careening through a million universes of unimaginable adventure, sanity flaying danger, and no way home. So this, again, comes from Rick Remender and Matteo Scalera, or the uh, the writer and artist, main artist on it. And I liken it to Quantum Leap and the concept that they're constantly moving from universe to universe because they can't get back to their own. And they're hoping by moving forward, they'll end up back where they started. Um, and it's got a lot of like pulp classic sci-fi pulp adventure ideas but the but to me what i really liked about it as i love just fun classic sci-fi uh adventures but the character work and the reality of the consequences to their choices seem like a very modern take on that sort of story like this is not a story for the faint of heart bad things happen to people people are flawed Um, they make, you know, mistakes when they're trying to do the right thing. Um, so even though some of the characters fall into like certain archetypes, they're, they don't really settle into those archetypes completely. Like they're, they, they feel realized and it's really cool. And what helps keep it grounded and connected on facing the characters too, like Loki dealt with, you know, this time travel alternate universe thing. But what I like that kept this focus on the characters was the fact that it's not just Grant, it's his family and um, some other people connected. They're probably similar to like lost in space. Um, so I've, I've really, really enjoyed this so far. Um, I'm re back rereading through it and it just gives me, yeah, like Loki quantum leap lost in space vibes. I'm super digging it. Um, have any of y'all read this or check this out? James, have you read yeah, Black Science? Yeah, I've read it. It's a good book. Okay. Yeah. And it's still ongoing, correct? Uh, sort of. Uh, just about anything with image these days is, has the possibility of being ongoing. Uh, it, it, it isn't very often that, that you see comics being announced that have a, you know, a, an end date, a final issue. Uh, uh, but that's been going now for a while. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's a great book. Yeah. It's, I love it. The art in it is so detailed and so good. I just, I got it years ago. I read, I guess maybe two or three years ago, I picked up the first few volumes and I intended to keep moving forward with it. And of course I got distracted because I have a mind of a squirrel 
Um, but I'm going back through it. And I think that if you're someone who's interested in like multiverse concepts, but one, it's a character focused thing. Again, if you were a fan of Loki and you're not usually into that stuff, I think black science is definitely something to check out. Um, and since it's the end of the month or did anybody else have anything to add on that? Well, uh, on the, con- on the concept of, of the, of multi multiverse type, uh, books uh i think that uh sometimes those can kind of go amok as well uh oh yeah yeah i mean when you think about it really the first of, of the multiverse uh type books was from dc uh back in the day and uh that was the two flashes meeting up correct yeah. was that the first one and there was the uh you know, basically, that was that ended up being kind of a kind of a lodestone around their neck for a while. Uh, they ended up having to do Crisis on Infinite Earths to kind of clean some of that stuff up. I've I've kind of always had a rule of thumb that you know, whenever people start using there, there are two things that that like aggravate me most in a comic. Clones and time travel, and I'll tell you. So, Marvel in the '90s is your favorite. <laughs> you end up like creating so many problems whenever you bring clones and uh, uh, time travel into things. It it needlessly complicates things. It can, uh, you know, really. There's only been one good time travel story and i think it's told like 50 million times uh and so it just seems like a lot of times it it pops up whenever whenever a writer doesn't know what they're doing or need a way out on something for example characters dying well you got one over on you know over in the other dimension let's bring him over Let's bring, uh, you know, a different one over. Uh, it's uh, it can get a little bit convoluted. And talking to new readers, you know, I don't think that new readers are necessarily not able to, to pick up on some of this stuff. But with, you know, you can't really expect folks to go and dig back in into things and, and find out that. Well, you know, Cable could have been this or he could have been that. And then he grew up and he's here, but he came back as a kid here. Well, there's both of them jumping around. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how, how this whole Kang thing plays, plays out in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the character. I love the character back in the day, but I just rem- remember whenever there started to be too many of them, and uh, it, it, it just kind of waters down the uh, character and it uh, well, creates more confusion than necessary. You know, an example for me that's not comics, but comic, you know, adjacent was on The Flash. You know, the first season deals with Reverse Flash and Neil Thawne. And spoiler alert, but if you haven't watched The Flash yet, you know, it, it's on its eighth season. Um and they kind of like close off the Eobard Thawne reverse flash storyline. 
And then he shows up and they keep finding, and even if they stop him or kill him or do something, they are constantly finding a reason that he's still around, which to me, like really muddies the purpose of season one and the ending by being like, Oh, well nothing you do to this character matters because time travel. Um, and like you said, there's and there's multiple cables running around. I know in the main X books and the main cable book is about kid cable, but is it, am I right in that adult cable is still technically running around out there? Well, it's it's the future, you know. He's already lived years in, in, into the future. He's he's been around for a while, and so basically he's jumping around to different uh, periods of, of time. So. This is yeah, in terms of, a, a different iteration of him. And in, in terms of it all making sense, you know, I think the, you know, the thing that stinks is that, you know, when you time travel or travel to a different universe, you're not just casually doing it. You're having to build a lot of like, like I know on the flash TV show, when they go to earth Two, they kept it really simple and ended up not liking it because like, guys, it's a whole nother earth. Like you can't just like half ass this, like you have to, really think of like, Oh, what is this alternate world that they're in? Like, you know, what's going on here? What are the conflicts you've, you're creating a bigger thing for yourself than just going over to your neighbor's house. Um, and so I, I, that's the problem I've got with universal and time travel. Like I feel you on that. It can really muddy and mess things up. And sometimes, and I know you're not a fan of dark Knights metal, but like, (laughs) Sometimes when reading that sort of stuff, like I've gotten to a point of just like, you know what, Scott Snyder with a Dark Knight's Metal and the Dark Multiverse, I just was along for the ride. Can't make heads or tails of what's going on with Hawkman, to be honest with you, (laughs) over there. And like, that's a whole mess of a thing. If you ever read it, I really liked it. I think it was a lot of fun. But that's what that kind of story was. It was more of like a fun, don't think too much about this or it will break the story <laughs> completely. That's true. Sorry, I didn't mean to shit all over your uh, your multiversity stuff. Or- I love, I love that you were like, you were like, yeah, I'm, man, I'm, I hate that shit. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting there listening to it and listening to it, and I was just like, I, I hate all that crap. Anyway, yeah. but whenever you have a, a book like, uh, like, uh, what was it we were talking about? Black science. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, I mean, that's a little bit more constrained to itself, you know, rather than dealing with so many other different elements. And that's the main reason it's my suggestion for this week, because, you know, you try to read superhero multiverse stuff, and that's just a that's that's bigger than Everest. And it's more confusing and it's just really not. It's not what I would recommend if you're if you're like, oh, Loki was neat. What else is there like it? Well, I'm not going to give you a Marvel or DC book. I'm going to give you something much more streamlined and isolated. And black science is that to me. Mallory, what's up? Um, first of all, I think I got the phone number wrong. I read it off of Google and your Facebook says different. So the Facebook uh, phone number is 501 well, so one of those. Two I actually numbers. think that they're, <laughs> they're, they're both uh, good. Yeah, yeah, they're both good. 
Okay. Second of all, that sounds more like sliders than it does quantum oh, leap. Sliders, because quantum yeah. leader quantum leap, he's jumping into someone else's body. Yeah, he just said he's trying but to get in back sliders. Home, you know. Yeah, they're well, in Sliders, they're doing the yeah. same thing. They're trying to get back home, but they're sliding into so a different universe. So thanks for universe. convincing me that so Sliders that sounds more is like just sliders. rip off uh, Quantum Leap. Cool. <laughs> mute, no, I have to mute Mallory. Have to shows. Mute Mallory. What is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, Mallory, you muted. got muted. That's crazy. So you heard it here. Sliders is a ripoff of Quantum Leap. Um, <laughs> you're at the VF Comics podcast. Which one uh, is Sliders? <laughs> I, I I watched very little of it. It was on Sci Fi Channel. Oh, I thought that um, we we're talking about the the movie where they uh, with like uh, uh, Anakin Skywalker in it. What's his uh, Hayden Christensen? Hayden Christensen. What was that one? No. Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't. Was that Looper? No, 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 no. Jumper. Or Jumper. Jumper. Yeah, no, Jumper. that movie sucks. Um, no. <laughs> this, is, this is a 90s TV show from sci-fi that I absolutely loved. I watched Quantum Leap and Sliders, both of them. They're very different to me. Um, but Sliders was like a group of people who were doing scientific experiments and ended up jumping into multi-universes that were similar to Earth sometimes. But sometimes they weren't. So, well, I loved it. Okay. You can cut out all of my, my ranting on <laughs> so anyway <laughs> that is going to be it for the vf comics podcast this week i think we had some really great discussions we've got great recommendations for you out there make sure to check out our website www.vfcomicspodcast.com we are still building it up i'm still working on it uh but the basics of everything is there. All the links are there to our Facebook, Instagram, and our Twitter. Uh, we're going to have a YouTube up soon because I would like to show everyone what we're talking about by making clips. Megan is very excited to show her face on YouTube and become <laughs> a YouTube star. I, nope. that's, the opposite. that's her favorite thing. And nope. um, yeah. And so that's going to be it for the week. We will see you guys next week. And I think next week we are going to do a little bit of a retrospective on this year's comic con at home, but I know we haven't had a lot of time to watch a lot of the panels that occurred. So guys, just a heads up for next week. If you want to hear about some of the best comic con at home panels, make sure to tune in. We'll see you all then.